In the midst of this global pandemic, here in Malaysia, things are slowly creeping open again. A lot of people I know are attempting to regain some semblance of their lives before the lockdown. And that means dinner and drinks, cafe meetups and staycations, short domestic beach holidays, and all sorts of social activity, albeit with a social distancing and mask-wearing twist. But one activity that seems to keep popping up in conversation around me is karaoke. Karaoke. Or if you're translating from Cantonese to English, sing K. We're just going to call it karaoke because that's how I usually say it. In case you didn't know, the first karaoke machine was invented by Japanese musician Daisuke Inoue in 1971 when a businessman client of his wanted to hire a band for backup music on a business trip. Inoue couldn't attend, but gave him a taped recording of backup music to sing along to, which went very well. So well, in fact, he decided to rent out machines that played tapes of backup tracks to bars around Kobe, and the rest, they say, is history. The thing I find fascinating about karaoke is that for something so popular, it's not something people would generally think of as cool. Nobody ever relives their greatest karaoke moments in conversation. And as far as I can recall, nobody has ever been proud to declare that they are the best at it. Now I'm pretty sure at some point in your life, you've done some karaoke. It's one of the inevitabilities of living in the modern world, like getting stuck in a traffic jam or having your phone run out of battery and you either loved it or hated it. There's just no middle ground. You see, most karaoke sessions are usually born out of chaos. One person in a group of friends will attempt to get everybody together for a fun, wholesome activity. And it doesn't matter what the activity options were, you will always end up with karaoke. And if you think about it, Karaoke does seem like the ideal group activity. It's not as common as a dinner catch-up. It's something you actually have to actively participate in, which is different from, say, watching a movie. And finally, it has a low physical fitness or skill requirement, unlike sports or board games. But here's the thing. You can't just put a bunch of people in a room with a karaoke machine and expect a good time to happen. As somebody who's gone from being karaoke-averse to karaoke-friendly under the right circumstances, there are two fundamental factors that make up a good karaoke session. The first is the type of music, which seems like a no-brainer but a karaoke session is essentially a collaborative playlist. So you're going to have to be able to vibe with the songs that you didn't pick. I personally recommend that your karaoke group has some overlap in music taste. Unless of course you enjoy looking through social media while somebody else is singing a Mandarin song you have never heard before. 
The next is the people. Karaoke lovers are on a spectrum, where on one end, you have those who want to enjoy singing solo with the full attention of the audience, and on the other end, you have those who believe that every song is an open invitation to sing along, whether or not you have the mic. Figuring out which end of the spectrum you enjoy will help tremendously in setting expectations of what the karaoke session is going to be like. And right about now, if it sounds like I'm overcomplicating what is supposed to be a fun, campy group activity, you're right, I am. Ultimately, as with all things in life, just do what's fun for you. And remember these three rules. Don't hog the mic, don't spam the playlist, and avoid songs that others in the group can't appreciate. And also, always, always sing Bohemian Rhapsody. You've been listening to Mundane. My name is Jeremy Theo, and thanks for listening to our podcast about the mildly interesting adventures of everyday life. We hope to have you back again for future episodes. And until then, take care. <laughs>